You're listening to the Mountainside Kairos Podcast. Sometimes what is going on around you shapes what you see in God's Word. It's like your circumstances uniquely focuses a text for you so you see it clearer than you did before. I'm having one of those days. Day after day, the news is showing us just how unwell the Western world is. It feels like the, the very fabric of our society is unraveling. The pandemic has exposed these deep cracks in our culture. There are these complex tensions we're all feeling between protecting health while maintaining the economy, and that seems to just have polarized people more. And then the video of Floyd George's death arrived on our screens. And an already frustrated and fatigued society erupted in anger and outrage, with white guys like me starting to catch a a faint whiff of the pain experienced by those of color who daily experience racism. The residue of hundreds of years of slavery is still staining their lives with fear and injustice. Racism is nothing less than the ugliest blasphemy against our Creator, for it violates the two greatest commands to love God and to love neighbor. And so there's all this pain going on around us. There's those who are suffering from the disease of COVID, from the disease of racism, those who are at their economic or emotional breaking point. It's overwhelming. And so I ask myself, what does the world need right now? A vaccine? Yes. Steps to bring real healing and reconciliation to race relations? Certainly. Do we need a sense of decency and respect to return to our public discourse? For sure we do. But it also needs the people of Jesus to embody faith. Now, I'm the first to admit that sounds like a cliché. Until you read how the writer of Hebrews frames what that actually looks like in real time. Hebrews 11, which was our reading from a couple of days ago, it it is the hall of fame of faithful people. And when I was reading it, I noticed a few verses that stood out to me, and I've just seen them different because they seem so, well, timely. Look at Hebrews 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, And he chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the short-lived pleasures of sin. What did faith to Moses look like? Well, according to this verse, it looked like giving up his privilege and power in order to side with and fight for the oppressed, the enslaved, the exploited, the used, and the abused Jewish people. Let me say it again. Faith to Moses looked like giving up his privilege and power to side with and fight for the oppressed. So that thought has been percolating in my heart for a couple of days when today I opened up our text, which is Hebrews 13. And then I read verse 1, which calls me to show brotherly love, a love that sees others as my equal, my kin, Then verse 2 says, don't neglect to show hospitality, which doesn't mean put on a pot of tea and serve some nice desserts to your dinner guests. It means opening up your home, sharing your resources to the foreigner in need, the outsider, the one that is different 
from you, the one that you've maybe never seen before and might never see again. It seems like the writer is calling us into the same expression of faith that Moses had. And then you get to verse 3, which says, Remember the prisoner. Pay attention to the one enslaved, the one who is out of sight, the one who is forgotten about. And I'm starting to see a pattern to faith, a theme to what faith, faith does. It expresses itself in a love that is turned towards and focused on those outside, those who are different than, those on the margins, those in need, those most vulnerable. And if that isn't enough, Verse 5 calls us to be, quote, free from a love of money. It's like the writer knows that loving this way, living like this will cost us. And if you love your money more than the object of your faith, you won't show brotherly love to the foreigner, to the prisoner, to the oppressed, to the marginalized, because love today will cost us. So if faith to Moses meant giving up its privilege to side with the oppressed and the hurting, and the commands of chapter 13 seem to extol us into that same expression of faith that Moses had, it is because that is where Jesus is. Look at verse 12. Jesus suffered outside the gate. Jesus was pushed from the place of power and privilege, from the city walls, from the splendor of the temple, not by the grubby hands of murderers and muggers, but by the well-manicured hands of deeply religious people. And this is where he remains, and this is where Jesus is at work. So don't look for his office in the halls of parliament or, or at the White House. He is not there. He is outside the gate. Where Jesus did his redeeming work is where he is still working. And so the writer of Hebrews says to us in the next verse, let us then go to him outside the camp. And I felt like God was saying to me, I need you to do more of this, Sean. So, so what does that practically mean? Well, I have a fact sheet from Compassion Canada on my desk that Sylvia gave me that reminds me that the 2020 storm that we are riding out is still a deadly hurricane in some parts of the world, especially in those places where there is no safety net for families. According to the World Bank, global poverty will increase for the first time since 1998. Global hunger will double by the end of the year, and there'll be an additional 130 million people on the brink of starvation. People who are oppressed and hurting by an economic system which tilts the table towards the wealthy every time, so they continue to get more and more while the poor stay enslaved in their poverty. And so while life for us seems to slowly be ebbing back to normal, the truth is the infection rates around the globe are seeing their highest one-day total day after day. And it is the foreigner who is especially hurting. Those outside the gates of, uh, of power, the ones with a, a voice that's too small to be heard by the headlines, their voice is ringing in Jesus' ear. And so I need to help. There are some trusted organizations like Compassion Canada or Shelter Canada who are on the front lines, who are working outside of the gate. And so I sent them some money today. Now, 
I know that God wants more than my money, but I know he doesn't want less than it. And I felt that Hebrews 11 and chapter 13 were calling me to leverage some of my privilege, some of my wealth for those who are in the most need. So I would ask you, read Hebrews 13 and ask the Spirit to show you what are some actual steps of faith that will lead you outside the gate because that is where Jesus is. God bless.